Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Uh, As we jump in, I got a question um, I want to ask you. Put in the comments, where do you have no shame? Where do you have no shame. Uh, there are certain areas in our lives where maybe we feel some shame, but go ahead and take a, a moment and comment um, about, hey, I don't have any any shame in, in this area. Some of it may be, I was, I was like, I'm not trying to get political. I was just saying when I, the first time I went out and I wore my mask, uh, I was, it, was, it felt kind of weird. And then, and then I was like, oh, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? All this sort of stuff. And then I realized uh, that there are people who wear cowboy shirts out in, in public. And so that's just kind of <laughs> how, how it goes. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Lily, I see you right here. Go Cowboys. I, I, I'm, I'm excited slash uh, sad for you guys. Um, <laughs> Michelle, it froze because I support the Cowboys. Yeah. Or Cubs fans. If you're a Cubs fan out there, um, everything in the world was going great until the Cubs won the World Series. So um, there you have that. Where do you have no shame? I'll tell you where I have no shame right now. Sweatpants. Okay, uh, quarantine hack, get yourself a nice pair of sweatpants, all right? I, 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 I've bought like four since March, okay? So I don't know if I have a, a sweatpants uh, fetish happening <laughs> right now, but um, okay, that's fine. I have no shame with my sweatpants. Um, I, I, you guys aren't putting in anywhere where you, ha- where you don't have shame, okay? You're, you're naming some sports teams, Seahawks. Um, there are areas where we don't have shame and shame is not something that was designed by, by God. Um, this was, goes back to the beginning. The man and his wife, Adam and Eve were both naked and they felt no shame. This was before sin entered in. Shame was not part of God's design when he created you and I. And you know this, you know this because when you had, when, like, if you've had kids, like my kids, they, we were, we were potty training them. This was a, a couple years ago. And, you know, we're, we're kind of chasing them around with the little portable potty thing. And they're not wearing a stitch of clothing or anything. Like, not that they even care. But I remember uh, one time, being in the house and I think it was Charlie and he looks outside and he sees that Rita, mommy had come home and, and pulled into the driveway. And before I could say anything or do anything, I just hear this mommy, mommy, mommy. And, and I look out the window and there he is without a stitch of clothing, just butt naked, just running out in, into the yard to go give mommy a hug. No shame. He did not care <laughs> at, at all. And that's the way God designed it was was that um, we don't have shame. Um, Scott says, or Josh says, no shame in drinking my, my black coffee. I've been shamed for putting creamer in my, in my coffee. Um, uh, uh-oh, we might have started a household fight. Uh, a shame for you, okay. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, so there are areas where we have shame in our lives, but I want you to understand that from the start, 
uh, it was not part of God's design. And, and that, what, that, what does that build? When there is no shame, what does that build? You, you, in relationships, you start to build trust. You start to build security. You start to build intimacy, like these deep core foundational characteristics and feelings that we deeply crave in our lives. That's what, uh, when we have no shame, that's what it builds. Yet, yet, it's that when we are open and vulnerable, when we take a risk and, and share, those, it, it, it's the thing that causes us to hide as well. So the thing that we want, shame will cause us to hide. There are things in our lives that we will be ashamed of. And I want to set it up with a story. There was a, a grandma that had her grandkids over for the week. And they lived out on a farm. And the two kids, uh, we'll call them uh, Johnny and, and, and Jenny. Uh, Jenny was the older sister. Johnny was the younger brother. And they lived out on this farm or they were with grandma and grandma's farm. And uh, Johnny found a slingshot. So Johnny went to go uh, shoot the slingshot. And he's, he's shooting it all around the farm. He's got things lined up, you know, and he's, he's looking at it. But, but Johnny, just as a kid, he was terrible. He couldn't hit anything. And, and he's, he's shooting at the barn. He's shooting at different things. Couldn't, couldn't hit it. But then he sees he, grandma's got some, some ducks. And the, the ducks are, are coming by. And Johnny's like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna, I haven't been hitting anything. I'll just, but I'm going to aim it at the duck. And I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this this slingshot this rock at the duck, and Johnny aims it and he looks at the duck and and he goes and he lets loose and he fires it, and to Johnny's surprise, straight as an arrow right at the duck, boom nails it, kills the duck. Johnny's freaking out. He's looking around. Like <laughs> I hit it, but I killed it. And then he looks over, and there's Jenny. She's standing on the by the corner of the barn, and she saw everything. Fast forward to dinner that night. They're sitting at the table. He didn't tell Grandma. He didn't tell Grandma. He's 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 hurting. Jenny knows. What's he gonna do? Well, he's just hoping maybe he can just brush it, sweep it under the rug. That night, Grandma says, "Hey, Jenny, I'm gonna need some help with dinner or dishes tonight. After dinner, I need you to help me wash the dishes." And Jenny looks. Looks over at grandma and says, you know what? Um, Johnny would love to help with the dishes tonight. And Johnny's like, well, what? No, I don't want to do the dishes. And she goes, she leans over to Johnny and she whispers in his ear, remember the duck. Remember the And Johnny, oh, oh, yeah. I'm not, I remember the duck. So Johnny does the dishes. The next day, there are grandmas and grandmas say, hey, Jenny, hey, Jenny, I need some help vacuuming today. Can I get your help to vacuum? She goes, oh, Grandma, you know what? Johnny says he loves to vacuum. Johnny's like, no, 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 I don't want to vacuum. I don't. And Jenny leans over to Johnny and says, remember the duck. That, that later that evening, Grandma needs some help with the laundry. Same thing plays out. Hey, Jenny, can you help me with some laundry? I need some help uh, folding and putting these away. You don't know what, Grandma? Johnny says he would love to help with the laundry. No, 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 I don't want to. Finally, Johnny had had enough. He said, Grandma, I'm sorry. I, I can't take it anymore. I shot the slingshot at the duck and I hit it and I killed your duck. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't take it anymore. To which Grandma, 
smiled, kind of chuckled to herself, said, you know what, Johnny? I was looking out the window that day and I saw every single thing happen. I saw, I saw it all. I just wanted to know how long Jenny was going to keep you under her thumb and how long she could get you for on all these chores. I think a lot of us, when it comes to shame, we have an enemy and that it may be Satan or it may be just your own mind up here that whispers, remember the duck, remember the duck. And it keeps us condemned. I wonder, my question, I wonder, what is it that keeps you condemned? What is, what is your duck in your story? For some of you, when it comes to shame, it might be sin. Like there was a sin that you did Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned, God goes looking for them and they hid from him. They knew no shame. And then as soon as they sinned, shame entered and they hid and they tried to cover. But sometimes it, shame comes through, not through sin, it's just through our own head games. It can be your appearance and your body image. You look in the mirror and you hate yourself. You critique yourself and it's always there haunting you and tormenting you. For some of you, it's parenting. Mothers, you're, you're wondering, hey, do, uh, you know, you, you're worried about vaccinations um, or you're worried about, uh, did I get the right organic food or all, you know, just, it doesn't matter. Like there's unlimited sources of parenting that can come your way. It can be in money or work and it, 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 it doesn't always show itself as shame. For, for It could be a wife noticing the neighbor got a new car or a new truck. And she, she just makes a passing comment of, hey, did you notice the neighbor's new truck looks nice? But deep down inside, he's concerned that he can't provide, that he's not a good provider. And he has shame thinking that he's, he, he, he's not doing as well as he could or should for his family. I, it's just I'm a hypothetical situation. But that one passing comment by the wife who has no indication on his shame triggers him. It triggers him to say, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a good provider. And then he lashes out in anger. See, what, 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 what could be a, a trigger for shame might not show itself as shame. It might show itself as anger, which is why it's so important to talk about this. Because the symptoms may not real, actually reveal what's going on on the inside. Sex, that might be an, an, an area of shame for us. Traumatic events that have happened to us. Abuses that have occurred from other people. It may not be sin that we've done. We feel shame from all these sources. I, I, and we can, we can take on an identity. I'm sorry, this is dark. We, we got to go to a dark place so we can get to a better place. I need you to identify what is it that keeps you condemned? I, I remember visiting a, a friend of mine who was in prison for doing some pretty messed up stuff. And he was trying to get his life around even in prison, but it, it shame had taken such a toll on him and an identity on him. He, he just flat out said, Mike, I don't, I can't, nothing good is going to come my way. God is against me because of what I've done. I don't deserve good things. And he, he was in a prison 
But even more than a physical prison, he was in a mental prison in and of himself. I've known teenagers who've cut themselves, who can't identify why they feel so guilty. And this isn't for all cutters, but some of them will physically harm themselves and cut themselves so they can point to something and say, there, there. This is why I am ashamed of myself. This is why I, now I have something to point to. It's, it, it, it can take on an identity to where we hate ourselves so much to where we, there's no hope. We've lost hope. And in some cases, we, people have taken their lives. And you might be in a spot right here today where you might be contemplating taking your life. And I want to say, hang in there. There's hope today. There is, there is hope to break free from your shame. How do I get rid of my shame? Well, one of the things you need to know is it wasn't part of God's design. Now, the man and the woman, they were both naked, but they felt no shame. And then when sin entered in and they hid, God goes looking for them. And he says, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were less than? Who told, who told you these things, these lies about yourself to keep you hidden from God's best, to keep you out of what God wants for you? Shame can take us to some dark places. Now, let me distinguish here between guilt and shame. And we, we talked about this in the Freedom Online group earlier this week. I want to say it was Matt Filer who said this, but I could, I could be wrong. We were all kind of all hitting on this. Was the, the idea that God, 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 you may have some guilt. Like, I've screwed up. I'm guilty, all right? But sh- sh- I, I might have failed, all right? I failed. But I'm not a failure. In God's eyes, that, that might have been something that happened or happened to you, but that is not who you are. And that's the difference between guilt and shame. And God would look at you today and say, who told you? that you were a failure? Who told you that you were no good? Who told you that there was no hope? That's not from me. These lies come whispering to us. One of the areas where I want to talk about today, and this is where God kind of led me, was we have shame from religion. A lot of us have some church hurts and some church wounds, some church baggage that we're carrying around that we were never meant to carry. And I get it. Like one, you just look at the Bible, all right? If you read through the Bible and you see that God is perfect, that he is holy, that there is a standard of perfection that we can never meet. Like if I just went on my own standards, like, okay, here's Mike's standard for living. Okay, here's God. I can't even measure up to my own, much less God's. All right. And then so God has this perfection that I can never meet. And so in a way, there's kind of this perpetual uh, feeling of like, I can just never measure up. And, and in the church world, you can get hammered for that. If you, if you screw up, you could get hammered. For, hey, you need to read your Bible more. You need to pray more. You need to serve more. You need to give more. You need to go to church more. Like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be dealing with all of this junk in your life if you just go to church more. And we get shamed into doing. We get shamed into I have to work to please God. And I know for a lot of us, we ran from church. We walked away from that situation because it was it was horrible. It was horrific to experience that shame. 
And one, I want to say as a church leader, I'm sorry. I don't do it on purpose, but I guarantee you I have probably uh, have come across to maybe shaming people in, into some of these re religious acts. I don't want that in my life. So if I've done that, I'm sorry. But just on behalf of the church, if you're checking out church for the first time, I'm sorry. Because that was not God's design. In fact, when we started Freedom Church, I want to give you a little bit of vision for freedom on how do we, how do we roll? How do we do uh, this? One of the things that I've heard since the pandemic started, and we, we, uh, we didn't, church never closed, all right? Church, church didn't close. We just stopped meeting in person for a while, all right? We're not closed. We're moving forward and we're thriving. We're always taking next steps, all right? But I've heard people say, I'm not doing, I don't feel like I'm doing much for the church. I don't, I don't feel like I'm really doing anything and, and we feel disconnected. And I saw a lot of you saying, hey, I miss you guys and I miss you too. But this notion of, of wrestling with, am I doing enough? And I get that because I, I get that sense of frustration too. Am I doing enough as a pastor? Are we doing enough as a church? And, and I, I hear that, but I want to tell you today that our mission as a church is not to do things for Freedom Church. For many of you, it, when I see the way you are living out your life during this pandemic, the way you are looking out for a neighbor, you see a need and you meet a need. The way you are giving hope and life to uh, people online through your posts, the way that you are helping others in the community and just being a light in your workplace, the way you are loving on your family. Are we perfect? No. But you are living out the gospel in your homes and in your workplaces and in this community. As a pastor, what more could I ask for than a church that says, I'm going to go live this out. I could care less about doing stuff for Freedom Church. In fact, I would say God's will for your life is not in the church. 99% of the time, it's going to be you going and living it out in front of other people. You don't need to have be shamed into, I should be doing more for the church. No, go be the church. And this is something that we started at Freedom. This was a vision from day one. I remember when I sent out an email to people, what is Freedom going to be about? What are we going to do? I'm used to going to a church where we, we go and we do. We do a lot of ministry. And one of the things that kind of frustrates me at, church, at Freedom, it's, it's a good thing, but I, I'm used to going and doing and doing and doing ministry, ministry, ministry at the church, at the church, at the church. And I just was like, no, I don't, I don't want you at the church all the time. I want you to be with Jesus. I want you to be at home with your family, share a meal together. I want you to, to be at home where you can invite friends and family members, those coworkers that you would love to just have a meal with and get to know a little bit better. That's the ministry that I want. I want you to be the coach of your, your kids' uh, 
baseball team whenever that happens again. I want you to be at your kid's recital. I don't want more to-do lists. As a pastor for Freedom Church, I want to free up your schedule and empower you to be you, to be who God designed you to be, not to lock on more shame and guilt for things that don't need to be there. That's my heart as a pastor, to say, I want to help you take your next step in your relationship with Jesus, and let's do that together, and let's go change the world through that. I'm a big believer that your mission and your purpose in this world is not in the walls of Freedom Church, but you going and living your life. So my question, my question today, what would you be willing to do? Put this in the comments. What would you be willing to do if you absolutely knew God was with you? If you knew God was with you, would you take your next step? If you knew God was with you, would you confess that sin? If you knew God was with you, would you step up and get baptized? If you knew God was with you, would you ask for help if you needed some help? What would you do if God, if you knew God was with you? Because here's the thing. He's with you. He's for you. And he always wins, whatever it is that he's calling you to do. What would you be willing to do if you knew God was with you? Shame. Shame will keep you from taking what the next step of whatever that is. Kimberly, anything and everything. Yeah. What holds us back? Fear, shame. The verse that we read today, this is so powerful. How do I get rid of shame in my life? So now there is no condemnation. Put that word, you need to learn this word. Put this in the comments. No, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Some of you, you need to put it in a little bit stronger and say, hell no. Meaning, hell, get out of my way. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your father is not looking to, to kick you while you're down. He's not bored with you. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you. You know that's one of the purposes of your life. He created you because He loves you. He just enjoys you being you. You don't have to do a thing. He, he, he just enjoys you. I get that as a parent. <laughs> like, there's times when my kids drive me crazy. But then there's other times when they're just sleeping there. And even after a bad day, and you can see them like, they're so, I just love them for being them. And your heavenly Father loves you all the time. You were created to just be in relationship with Him. Shame will keep us from that intimacy with Him. And I want you to know that. How do I get rid of my shame? I have to trust that God's forgiveness for my sin is real. There is no condemnation. Thank you, Amanda Poling. There is no condemnation. Thank you, Lynn. 
There is no condemnation. Thank you, Jan White. You, you need to, sometimes you got to just say that out loud. When, you're, when the shame train comes on, you got to let them know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up with this story. This is where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to end this. I don't know where I'm going to go. If you want to get rid of shame in your life, you got to accept that this verse right here is, is real. Now, <laughs> it says there's no condemnation. I mentioned, hey, you, you need to confess. Confess to God for forgiveness of a sin. Sometimes if you want healing, as it says in James, you're going to have to, co- you need to confess openly. Bring it into the light, your shame. Confess openly to, to someone else for healing. Don't, don't, don't go air all your dirty laundry on Facebook. We don't need to know. Don't come find me in Smith's and air all your dirty laundry there. That's a weird conversation, especially with a mask on. And I'm trying to like keep social distancing. Okay. I'm just joking. But you need to find someone who you trust, who you can share. James says, Hey, you need to confess to one another for healing. Sometimes you may confess to God and yes, you are forgiven, but you haven't seen healing yet from whatever that addiction is, whatever that shame is. And you haven't seen change because you, you still kept it in. But we, we look at this and say, it says there's no condemnation. God, I want no consequences. <laughs> Can I have no consequences for my sin? And, and he doesn't promise that. You may have to face some consequences, but I would, we fear consequences more than we do concealment. Yeah, we'll hide, we'll hide because we fear consequences uh, more than we do concealment. And there are more consequences for you hiding and concealing whatever that is in your life. So why, why we need to be together and have groups together. There's a woman in John chapter 4. There's no way I'm going to be able to get through this all, but hang with me. Hang with me. Jesus goes on a trip. And he's, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. So he's going south to north. In the middle, Samaria. Jews hated Samaritans, hated each other. They would go a long way around Samaria to not have to travel through Samaria to get to Galilee. And it says here in John chapter 4, Jesus had to go through Samaria. I love that because there was someone he needed to meet there. There was someone who felt less than. There was someone who had shame in her life and didn't have hope, and Jesus had to go. And so he gets there, and there's a woman at the well, and it says it was about in verse 6, noontime, which is an important clue that John gives us. Noontime, heat of the day, she's by herself. Every, you, went in the, you went in the morning or, or evening, as best as I understand, you did not go in the middle of the day. She went in the middle of the day on purpose because she would have been the only one there. And Jesus goes and he sits at this well next to this woman and uh, he asks her for a drink. She went to there to get some water with a bucket to get filled up. And Jesus says, can I have a drink? And notice what she says to her surprise. You are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Who me? You're a, in this in this in this culture, one, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. 
And she could obviously tell either by his talk or by his look that they weren't together. And yet Jesus broke that cultural barrier. And two, women were treated uh, not much more than property during that time. And here is Jesus talking, a rabbi, talking to this woman. Who, who are you talking to, Jesus? Surely not me. And then he goes on and he has this conversation with her. And it becomes revealed that, hey, guess what? She's, she's not the cream of the crop of the Samaritans either. And in her eyes, in her eyes, she's like, hey, I don't, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, yes, that's right. You don't have a husband for you've had five. You've been going from relationship to relationship to relationship. You've been thirsty and you've never quenched that thirst. He gets right to the heart of the matter with her. And she says, sir, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship? While, while we Samaritans claim that is here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship. She's like, let's change subjects. Subject change. Let's move on. Because that's an area of shame. I'd rather hide. Jesus continues to have a conversation with her. And then the disciples, he had sent the disciples off to go get some food. He's like, guys, we got, I, I, get out of here. I need, to, I need to have a talk. And they come back. And they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. Again, you see the cultural thing here. Jesus breaks cultural barriers. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus that he breaks cultural norms even today. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want to do with her? Why are you talking to her? The woman, after she realized who Jesus was, she left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Now, I'd miss this. I'd miss this. She came there with a bucket to draw some water. And Jesus said, I'm the living water. I'll give you, I'll give you a water there. You don't thirst ever again. She's like, tell me about this living water. She left there with a, a, a bucket, thirsty. And when she left, she left the bucket running back, filled. She came carrying a bucket of shame and she left full of significance. When you see how much your heavenly father just loves you, when you grasp that, you it changes everything. The voice of shame, where's the, remember the duck, whatever that is for you, you see who God created you to be, who he designed you to be. In one conversation, she went from shame to significance because she saw in God's eyes, I'm created in God's image. I have significance. God loves you, period. Unconditionally. Praise God. Amen. Amen, Kimberly. Amen, Martha. She left her bucket and she went on purpose. And guess what? <laughs> Many Samaritans, verse 39, from the village believed in Jesus. When you drop the bucket of shame and you carry on the significance, you see that God has a purpose in you and through you to make a difference in your home, 
to make a difference in your workplace, to make a difference in this town. We are called to change the world, not because we want to grow and, and magnify ourselves. No, because we want we want a relationship with God to just have that pure, unhindered, no shame relationship. And when you do that, you start to see that God, God wants that for other people. Your mission and your purpose in life will always include other people. She went and she told her story and it changed people's lives. You have a story. You have a story worth telling. You have a story of significance. And it's the story is not, look at how great I am, but look at this guy named Jesus who changed my life. Shame will keep you shackled. Shame will keep you silenced. And God wants anything other than you to be shamed. Break free today. What is it that's holding you condemned? You trust that God's forgiveness is real. Trust that He loves you, that He paid the price for your sin. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And those people, He stayed. He stayed with them because they craved Him more and more. I wonder for you today, What would you be willing to do if you absolutely knew God was with you? There's significance for you today. There's hope for you today. Whatever's holding you back today, that's not from your Father. He wants you to take your next step. There may be consequences, but He's there. He's bigger than the consequences. There may be hardship, there may be storms, but he's bigger than the storms. You've got to have God who loves you, who's powerful. How do I get rid of my shame? Trust. Trust that the God of this universe who created you, who knows you better than you, who loves you more than you, he's got a great plan for your life. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you wanna partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's gonna get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.